Syria A fans everywhere. From our nation's capital, this is Cool of America. Welcome back, Curve Americans and Podcast Paisani. I'm Chris with two guest hosts this week, as Marco and Tad are sunning themselves in the Southwest and the Cali Coast. We're joined by our old friend Sam from Chiesa di Toti, and also Australia. Hello. And the man behind Curve America, the scenes anyway, Nick Cementelli. Welcome. How are you? Howdy. Very appropriate from Nick, being a native Texan. How are you guys doing this week? Doing good, mate. How are you, Chris? I'm good. I'm good. Missing Marco and Tad, but very grateful to you guys for filling in for us. Um, we got to start with, we got uh, Sam's story last year about how you found uh, Toti and Roma. Mm, through a cloud. Through a cloud and 4 a.m. Yeah. watching the World Cup in yeah. the morning out there. Nick, the native Texan, how on earth did you find Syria? Well, uh, I am a little bit more of an organic story, I guess. My family's from Rome. Uh, but uh, I really knew nothing about Serie A or Calcio in general uh, until I went probably about five years ago. Met the family, got a jersey, went to the game, just the whole experience. I was hooked, came back here, found Curva DC, and uh, kind of dove right in. Always been a big sports fan, so it was an easy transition to, for me. All right. Welcome. With a name like Sementelli, you would think, uh, all right. You, you would hope. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, somehow the Italians uh, all ended up uh, in Texas in my generation. I'm a first generation Texan, uh, but uh, uh, I've been uh, connecting with my Italian heritage since. So Nick, the state I'm from in Australia is referred to as the Texas of Australia, <laughs> Queensland. <laughs> Where I feel this? like and, I can and only be the judge. That is also of that. where the majority of the Italians went uh, following the First World War. So, so, so it really was destined. Yeah, I think yeah. that you and I are just blood brothers. We, yeah. It's just meant to be here. Well, that would be interesting if we find that out on tonight's yeah. episode. Your we, parents <laughs> are cane farmers, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, something like that. Sugar cane in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Chris, I got to I got to mention as long as we're talking about Texas, uh, as you know. Uh, my beloved Dallas Cowboys last night returned to form as champions of the NFC East while your New York Giants had a lovely stomach punch of a game on Sunday. And I just wanted to take this opportunity to remind you of that because I thought you yeah. might have put it out of your brain already. I would say that we are also returning to form as a New York Giants <laughs> fan. Uh, man, just brutal for uh, for football. Definitely hard to watch. Uh, I don't know. The NFC is going to be interesting this year. I just It seems like everybody's crap in the bed, so... I don't know if it's just us this year. You're you're excited about I'm your pumped. Cowboys. I'm so I'm so I'm so pumped. All right. I'm all in. We almost beat you in the first game. Yeah, almost. sure. We just needed to score touchdowns. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> sure. Well, with that in mind, guys, uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the front page news on literally every paper in yeah. the country, if not the world. Sports is front page news because of kneeling and the national anthem. So we are an international podcast tonight. We were curious, what, uh, how do you think this is playing out in Australia, Sam? Well, first of all, everyone's kind of surprised that you guys play the national anthem before every sporting event. We, uh, we kind of save it for special occasions like uh, finals or, as you say, playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, so first of all, we've got to come to grips with that. Here's the thing for me. Watching the Cowboys game really put this all into perspective, right? So all, all the kneeling takes place on Sunday, lots of national headlines. So now everyone's looking to the Monday night game to see what they're going to do. The Cowboys, in a really disappointing to me way, 
uh, decide that they want to go out before the national anthem and in a sign of team unity take a knee, but before the anthem. So they specifically are trying to sidestep this critique. And it's just obvious this was never about the anthem. This was never about the military. This is about having the audacity to say that we're upset about the treatment of black people in this country and to put that onto our screens. Uh, and I think it's just clear from what happened in the Cowboys game last night that the the defense that it's about the anthem and about respect for the flag, uh, it's just a it's a red herring. We have gotten political on the Curve America <laughs> That's podcast. That's what I've come for, Chris. <laughs> you weren't going to expect to get me on this pod and not That's get a right. hot political take. Especially talking about America's team, right? That's, that's what we do. Exactly. A lightning rod at all times. That's right. America's team. All right. Well, uh, certainly a, a controversial issue for sure. Uh, tough, but but clearly all over the front page news. And um, I think you're right, guys. It, it uh, sparks co- conversation. And uh, if that's what the intent is about, then, you know, that's that's is absolutely what it's doing. So turning back, guys, to Serie A news, we are going to another great American city this weekend, Philadelphia. I'm curious. Have you guys been to Philly before? I have. I have. I was actually there for um, the uh, Army Navy game uh, two years ago, which was a hell of an experience. I can tell you, it's a real American experience. Oh right? yeah, yeah. It was pretty sweet. Um, I, I got a mate who uh, actually played for Navy. Oh wow. um, All right. Yeah. So I got into their tailgate, and um, I didn't actually know what a tailgate was back then. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they had an um, they had a an ice sculpture of an aircraft carrier. And we drank shots of fireball off it. All right. So take that, terrorist. Yeah, right. (laughs) Freedom's not free, okay? Yeah, man. No, it was sweet. It was a good game, too. All right. So I guess you were cheering for Navy in that one. No. God, no. No, no, no. Just drinking their booze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I was the only, like, pro-army person. Oh, wow. Jeez, I would never. All right. All right. Can't believe you accused me of that. Um, well, we will be up in Philly. Uh, we're going to Grand Café L'Aquila, which is the main uh, place where all the Serie A clubs watch the game. So we're super excited. Uh, we will be there uh, uh, with the Roma Club Milan game, but we're also going to stick around for the Juve game as well later in the day. We're also hoping that the Inter and Napoli fans show up. I know you, uh, particularly, I think it's Napoli has a 6.30 they're game. They're going to be up. They just need yeah. to come out. Like, yeah. what are they, they're not going back to bed. There will be espresso served for sure. So uh, we hope everyone can uh, show up. Uh, we'll be there around 10 or 11, and we'll be there till about 4 p.m. So it's this Sunday, October 1st. Looking forward to meeting all the Phillies Serie A clubs and uh, going to do a live podcast there and watch all the games. So it should be a good time. All right. So uh, we also want to. So we're looking forward to Philly, but let's turn our attention back to DC, guys. We got a great email from uh, Tony from DC Scores talking about uh, most Italian thing ever that he that happened to him and his friends uh, in the uh, Fanta Calcio draft that he did uh, most recently. So. Tony writes, uh, related to uh, his email message to us, our Fanta Calcio draft was the most Italian thing ever candidate. The host commissioner cooked a homemade amatriciana. We had a smoke break and espresso breaks multiple times during the draft. And we brought out the homemade tiramisu before we drafted our Atacanti, the forwards. So love to hear stories like that. If anyone else has Fanta Calcio stories like that, please send them in. I led, it led to a question for me, guys, of... In the draft, uh, or after the draft, after the season is over, what does the winner have to do as the most Italian thing ever type of punishment? 
you know what I think they should do? They should have to go listen to that first episode of Curve America from last year, Chris. I'm sorry, but that one was a little that's, rough. Yep, that's uh, even I would struggle through that, and I created the thing. <laughs> if you haven't listened to it, go see if you can last for seven minutes. Yeah, that, you, that yeah, is seven a seven minute challenge. challenge. Tweet us if you make it. Absolutely. Well, the other thing they could do, they could uh, volunteer to translate uh, Wanda Icardi's uh, <laughs> novel that she released. This she week. had a novel. Yeah. Oh man, prolific yeah. book writers in the Icardi household, mate. Yeah, it's uh, probably... Well, look, I haven't read it yet, Chris, but um, I'm hoping maybe these guys can and can submit you an online review. <laughs> there you go, Tony. Get it done, mate. All right. <laughs> we'll hear more about the Icardis uh, in the intersection, but do want to mention with Tony, uh, DC Scores seems like a really great nonprofit if you're looking to get involved in the DC area. They got a couple events coming out, so check their website on uh, October 14th and November 15th. You want to tell us what um, they do, Chris? DC Scores uh, is is uh, uh, for youth. They um, get soccer and poetry and academics all together in one, which uh, Tony ad- admitted in the email sounds a little strange. But honestly, if you like soccer and poetry, I, I, I'm kind of intrigued by it. So I know, yeah, like so uh, sounds like a, a really cool uh, project. So if you're looking to help out, do some uh, some work in the area. Uh, DC Scores keep them uh, on, on your radar. Um, really appreciate Tony reaching out uh, with with his story. So, in helping out Tony, not only with DC scores, but also in his Fanta Calcio group, please send in the most Ital- Italian thing ever uh, people can do for losing Fanta Calcio. We would love to hear about that. Tweet at us, send us an email, whatever you can do. With that in mind, guys, social media, ways you can reach out to us. We have Facebooks, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Fabio at CurveAmerica.com. You can also find us, uh, the podcast, out on the interwebs with uh, asroma360.com, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play. Tad always likes to remind everybody to rate, comment, and subscribe. So I hope I did that justice this week um, while he's out west. So please, reach out to us. We love hearing from any, any of our listeners. All right, the rundown for this week. Week 6, Napoli and Juventus remain on top of the league with Dybala and Mertens getting hot. Roma get a brace from Il Farone, or El Sharawi, out of nowhere, while up in Milan, Inter tries something new with Spalletti at the helm, and AC Milan simply craps the bed against Sampdoria. Ouch. OTFR and Fiorentina continue to rely on their main men in Immobile and Federico Chiesa. And in the danger zone, the battle between Crotone and Benevento in the game of the W-E-A-K week. All right. Chris, stop. Yes, please. Let me do the shameless beer plug for you. By all means. Ladies and gentlemen, this week's beer is brought to you by Port City Brewing Company in Alexandria, Virginia. Today, we are supping from a downright Pilsner, which is a Bohemian-style Pilsner, 4.8% alcohol, and comes in a 12-ounce bottle. Cheers, fellas. Cheers. Cheers to that. All right, so we hope everyone can sit back, relax, enjoy the podcast. Let's go off to the first five. Up first in the first five is a new team in the front of the table. We've got Napoli. Napoli and Spall, 3-2, Napoli beats Spall in a thriller as the newly promoted team put on a gutsy performance. 
Spal took the early lead, then concedes twice, then scratched their way back with a draw, only to lose all three points on Gollum, Gulam's 83rd minute winner. As Napoli remain in first place in the table. First thing we noticed in this one, guys, Spal admitting to be fearful against Italy's big team. So they had a rough week. We had midweek games for uh, week five, and uh, they're playing uh, this weekend for week six. They openly admitted, their, their coach, Mr. Semplici, Il Mister says, before the Milan game, we're terrified of playing Milan, but we need points. So with quotes like that, guys, it's kind of like listening to the Major League uh, wildcard team saying, we're terrified of playing the Dodgers or any first-place team that's out there, but we need these games to win the World Series. So, all right, thanks for being here. Thanks for making the playoffs. <laughs> so uh, they lose 2 nothing against Milan in that game. They almost get three points, then one point, and then no points versus first-place Napoli. But what did you guys think? I mean, if your coach yeah. were to say something like that... Uh, inspiring words i i thought it was very italian actually i thought it was very tongue-in-cheek and um he was making fun of the uh controversy that had been stirring the last few weeks about uh the teams in the danger zone actually uh being told that they weren't good enough to play Serie A football and uh to their credit spal came out they came out aggressively um it may be it maybe helped them and herded Napoli that the game was played on an absolute cow paddock. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, like, a few of the uh, Napoli slick one-touch moves weren't uh, being made as fluently because, uh, you know, you had to kick the ball in the air to get it to travel more than 10 metres. But um, I, I've liked what I've seen so far of this Spal team. They um, they show a bit of schutzpah. Like that, yeah. I, I like them feisty. That's I mean, that's all you want from a promoted team, right? No one's expecting you to do anything. No one's expecting you to beat the Giants or to stay around. But you know, just don't roll over and just admit you're already going down. Don't admit it's just a cash grab to fuel your next Serie B season. I mean, take it to them. Try to score some goals. Have some fun while you're out there. I mean, this is what made the Crotone story so great that's last right. year. Beat Chris. Crotone. That's... Yeah, they they went they went at it, and obviously they had enough talent to pull it off last year, but. You know, I look at Spal and I say, at least they're trying. At least they're doing something. Not like Benevento, man. I don't. We're going to get to them, but I don't. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to get started right yeah. now about Benevento. Right. The, the other side of this game is also Napoli coming back um, in a uh, relatively hostile uh, place. Um, they lost their best striker, Milik, to uh, injury. ACL. Yeah, again. He, uh, the other knee. Yeah, another sacrifice to the ACL gods. So, um, yeah, that, that's his second uh, knee reconstruction in two years, is it? I mm-hmm. think so. Yeah, so Happened that's really nice, bad luck for that guy. Um, yeah, we wish him all the best. Nice tribute to him today in the Champions League match. I don't know if you saw yeah. when uh, Insigne scored, yeah. uh, and then he went to pull out his jersey, but he got the wrong jersey first. <laughs> Apparently, there's. I've heard different things on this today that he meant to do it or they switched jerseys or something but regardless it was a funny photo of just yeah nice he's tribute. holding up the tribute and he's got was yeah. it Zimolinski? Uh, oh okay. yeah he's got his jersey out first and then he switches it and finally gets the, the, yeah. <laughs> the one. but yeah spall uh, i'm with you guys that look they drew otfr and they have boriello now so they spent some money and they're they're doing okay on some big teams but it was tough to read that like we're terrified of milan so i want to see a little spall swagger here Going forward, now that uh, some of the big guys are behind them. Yeah, well, everyone knows they can score now. 
Yeah. Which, which is a big thing in Italian football, isn't it? Is that for the newly promoted sides, is uh, finding a way to put the ball in the net. Yes, and, and Bor- uh, Boreal can score in, in more than one ways. Uh, absolutely. For Napoli, I still continue to say, I'm, I'm, they're one of my teams we assigned uh, to each other here, that I'm, just, I'm thrilled to just kind of watch their highlights because they're, they're the most fun to watch. But they're starting to feel like uh, winning a title this year is going to be the stuff that you would sell the movie rights to to Disney because it's like Miracle on Ice or Miracle to San Paolo. They've, they've lost no one in the summer transfer market for sure. But now the whole team seems to be being held together with scotch tape. They're going down with injuries. They're not yeah. deep. And Sari, who during the summer was the master tactician, now everyone, after the first week of champions, everyone's like, well, what are you doing? Why are you resting players for Benevento? So it seems to be uh, pretty Look, loose for Napoli. W- winning the title for a side like Napoli, um, I think they have the third highest wage bill in the competition. So they're not exactly constructed to win. However, several of these players, I know uh, Dries Merton's turned down offers over the offseason to go elsewhere. They actually believe in the project and they believe in what uh, Sari's brand of football. And when they click, they're absolutely fearsome. But uh, during the midweek game against Lazio, they were very lucky. Ooh, first oh, curse oh, word. Put it in the jar. Sam. Oh, put it in the jar. You get a pass. You mulligan uh, for being yeah, a guest. I'll, host. I'll pretend to have a shot of olive oil. How about that? <laughs> But yeah, they, they were uh, relatively lucky to get away from that. But then as soon as they got a goal up, they just put their foot on the throats of the opposition. And that's what I really like about these guys. And uh, today, uh, they got a good result in the Champions League against Feyenoid. The, uh, the only thing, I guess, if you're a Napoli supporter, uh, the only thing to worry about is just this season goes for so long. And uh, yeah, if you're already losing your number one striker um, to season-ending injury... Uh, yeah, you're going to struggle to fill that gap. Um, I know there's talk about Bobby English uh, coming off uh, his current loan with Kievo and slotting into the side, so that might work. But um, yeah, can they keep up the pace with Juventus for the rest of the season? That's going to be the question. And uh, doing it while playing millionaire football, I think it'd be great. Yeah, I'm, I'm not worried about Napoli. I, I think that they've got so much talent. I, we know they're going to be there, top three at the end of the season, one way or the other. I think that winning the Scudetto, I mean, honestly, Juventus has to cough it up anyway, right? So you're waiting for, you just got to be hanging around and hope they cough it up. We don't think either kind of any of the other teams right now, Milan, Roma, Napoli, are, are really quite at the same level as Juventus. We're hoping, those fans are hoping for some breaks anyway. So I think as long as Napoli still are on the picture, they've got just, a good as, just as good a chance as anyone besides Juventus. That's an interesting point you bring up, Nick, about uh, waiting for Juventus to cough it up. Um, it's only recently I feel like we've been talking about things like that, mm-hmm. where you just have one super team built that, has to lose a bunch of games. Like last year, Roma got a points record, yet I don't think at any point last year you could say they were, I don't know, playing like the most scintillating football that they should have been an outright favorite. And even when they were on their winning streaks, I don't think they were an outright favorite. And that's got to have something to do with the uh, class of the opposition. Mm -hmm. The fact that these teams are putting up cricket scores, you know, as far as the points tally go in Serie A, it's, uh, yeah... It's something to look at. And, you know, we've only had six weeks of football and so far the new teams haven't done well. Spal being the only one who's shown a bit of resistance, but it doesn't bode well um, 
for the for the longevity of the league, essentially keeping everyone interested. If yeah, if you lose one or two games and that puts you out of the title race, I mean, yeah, it's it's not great for Syria. Yeah, I agree. But for the time being, Napoli in first place. Thrilled that they are there, but we've got to do Juventus next because they are in second. We got Juventus and Torino in a derby, the Derby della Mole. This one finished four nothing. Juventus make guacamole out of Torino in the Derby. Nick, take it away. I was about to say Marco there. <laughs> well, uh, I've started calling this one the Derby della No Way because Torino's got no way of winning this one anymore. Yeah, it was a tough one. Yeah, but oh, uh, so you get angry at me for saying Lazio, and but he's allowed to say that joke. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you can be bad. You just can't say that one word. Man. No curse words. That's the rule. <laughs> you know, in this one, Juventus spread the goals out evenly through the course of the game. They dominated uh, Torino. Uh, DiBala takes his goal tally to ten for the season. Uh, he had just a real screamer from the top of the box uh, and then put another one over with a little chip towards the end. Uh, you know, he's really, you know, Nightwing now. I, I, I'm really liking the Nightwing choice. You know, I think Diabolic was great too. We're talking about these new nicknames, but I just love the idea he's coming into his own. Uh, I got to say though, I got a, another comparison here. You know, Iguain kind of uh, slipping from the picture. He was the the big man on campus and uh, took Dybala under his wing, you know, trained him up, uh, but you know, I think I think we've got a Star Wars uh, rule of two situation here, which uh, I don't know if either of you are familiar with. Well, but you're going to have to explain uh, this in one. Star Wars expanded universe uh, legends kind of world here. There can only be two Sith masters or two Sith. Wait, was it was this in the movies? No, nah, not, not really. No, we're talking about uh, Wikipedia, Wikipedia type, or, type or stuff the, here. Or the blogs. That yeah, 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 the Star Wars blogs. <laughs> All, All right, you read go, those. Go on. Uh, there can only be two. There's a master and an apprentice. And for the apprentice to become the master, he must kill the master and then take Take his own apprentice. Wait, wait, wait! Isn't that Highlander? Uh, you know, it's like it's a universal theme. It's a hybrid. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But uh, I think what we're seeing here is uh, is Dybala executing uh, the kind of ultimate plan here in order for him to step up and become the true star. Uh, Fat Boy G's gonna maybe get put out to pasture a little bit sooner than everyone thought. It's a good theory, uh, but the, th- the thing that gives me pause is we will see tomorrow with Champions League. I got to think that maybe Iguain is going to end up in that game, and that's going to shoot the whole theory down. But <laughs> until then, the Sith rule rules. Well, I guess I'm going to have to root against Iguain. How yeah. hard? Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't help uh, poor old Torino. Uh, I got a soft spot for him. Uh, my family's uh, from up that way, and uh, they're all Torino friends. But. Uh, yeah, a red card in the 34th minute. Yeah, that'll that'll just do you in. Against Juventus. Yeah, and like, forget about it. Miralem Pjanic just made mince meat of their midfield, and he scored an absolute cracker of a goal as yeah. well. It was just, I don't know, it was a very demoralizing game to watch because you knew, like, as soon as that guy got the red, uh, Baselli got the red in the first half. Energy it. just drops. Yeah, the game set air, airs out of the game. Yeah, um, the goalkeeper Sidigu, he had a, <laughs> he made some awesome saves. This could actually. have been six, seven, nothing. Yeah. Seriously, yeah, uh, those saves were fantastic, and it's a shame that he's kind of not going to get credit for it with letting right. four goals in. But yeah, really, he did. Well, the score was already like three yeah. zero yeah. during most of those. So yeah, I don't know, just a, uh, just such a Juventus match, at Juventus. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of Juventus, they were in the news for things other than this game, guys. I'm shocked, Chris. <laughs> Please go on. This came out uh, yesterday. Uh, Agnelli, their president, Andrea Agnelli, has been banned one year by the Italian Football Federation. Reason being, he was uh, the, the Federation is holding that he sold tickets to the Ultras in a way that encouraged scalping. 
Okay. Not just not just the ultras and scalping, the mob. Yes. The the mafia and the guy's name his name is Rocco Dominello. Yeah. And I know that, you know, Americans we have these stereotypes, but if a man named Rocco Dominello tries to sell you some tickets on the side of the stadium, you run. You just you just run away. I don't know, man. If someone like Niccolo Semantelli would uh, approach <laughs> yeah. me, I think I'd give him a look. That, that might be okay. <laughs> where, where are we now? <laughs> so, guys, this story has been something that's been evolving over a few years. Uh, there was a terrific long-form piece um, written in The Guardian, I believe, uh, a real investigation story about this ticketing scandal. And what it boils down to is that club officials were giving members of the ultras blocks of tickets that were then on sold um, for match day. And of course they were on sold at like massive increases. So all the profits were going to these shady dudes. And so it wasn't the actual ultras who were controlling who came in, but it was the unsavory types. And a lot of these guys had uh, criminal records like our good man Rocco Domenello. And uh, so essentially... The Fig has found that Agnelli uh, might not have been responsible for the actual sale, but they were unwittingly uh, letting these criminal groups profit from their football club. And as far as I'm concerned, yeah, let's do something about it. If we're going to stamp this out, if we're going to make Serie A into a serious league and get rid of the connotations of organized crime, things like that, You've, you've really got to start taking control of these clubs. And Juventus don't have an excuse for this. They've got the best facilities, new stadium. They should be on top of who comes into the stadium or not. Yeah, they, uh, it wasn't Justin Yelly from what I read on uh, ESPN FC. Their security director, the ticketing director, and the marketing director all being banned in this one. So, Sam, what you're saying is if, if you want people to not think you're involved with the mob, don't get involved with the mob? Is, is, yeah. that, is that just how it boils down? Yeah, so, look, when yeah. in Rome, Nick, but uh, it, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not one to cast aspersions at certain football clubs that have been found guilty <laughs> of match-fixing in the yeah. past. However, yeah. I think, yeah, if you're going to encourage the rest of the league to do the right thing, yeah, probably get the four-time champion to put their house in order. So uh, the, the claim was from Agnelli that he didn't know Dominello's background. Presumably he was just seeing him as an ultras leader. So just someone in the crowd who runs part of the section and didn't know that part. That is the alleged belief. And Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, try to be responsible about and Juve put that in their statement that they were confident that uh, there has been no linking to organized crime in this. I don't fully understand that yet, but uh, that's what they claimed in their statement. My question to you guys is life is full of gray areas and allegedly the agreement why would Juve do something like this allegedly uh it was because the ultras would then keep order and there would be no issues with the fans in the stadium while they're there in exchange for this deal so in a life full of gray areas under any circumstances would you make that deal i'm just not buying it i'm Mm -hmm. not buying it plus as we've learned from from Roma, if you want there to be calm in the stadium, you just piss off the ultras enough that they don't come, and then you can have a nice, quiet, peaceful stadium. So the prosecutor, uh, he he actually uh, proposed that uh, Juventus should have to play. Uh, I think it was two, two games. Yeah, two matches in an empty stadium. Yep. Um, funnily enough, that never happened. But uh, I hear uh, the prosecutor is actually appealing that the penalties weren't harsh enough to make it stir. Yeah, yeah, I'm not too sure what. A one-year ban will do for the president. Does that mean he's not allowed to sign checks for a year? <laughs> it's or it's like... a name only, apparently.
apparently. So uh, right. it's just he doesn't get to be an official entity, but uh, he can still hold the title. So, so it's, not in name only. So though. it's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's no, it's, yeah. That's essentially the most Italian thing ever. Actually, yes, it's right? coming yeah. down hard does... by not coming down at all yeah. and like not enforcing <laughs> so, any punishment. Definitely a tough one. Uh, Juve uh, controversy, man. That's all you can say about it. Um, but that's uh, Juve's story, and uh, that will be a, a season-long story for sure. All right, guys, let's keep rolling to Inter and OTF Genoa, the other team from <laughs> Genoa on this one. This one finished one nothing. Inter Milan at winning ugly to the 2017 credentials with a late one nothing win at home against the other team from Genoa, Genoa. Who do we got on this one? Sam, you're up. Yeah, yeah. So uh, after having plenty of early chances, uh, Inter left it very late, as late as the 87th minute. A uh, header from a corner by D'Ambrosio was enough to secure them the three points against a half, but no puff other team from Genoa, which I, I want to point out because I confuse myself sometimes. This this means it's just the, uh, the Calcio and Cricket Club of Genoa, not Sampdoria. Yeah, that's the joke. All right, cool. So we got it. We nailed we got, it. We got, yeah, we got we got the right team. We're talking about the right team. Uh, in this match, um, apart from taking the three points in a rather ugly fashion, something that caught my attention: Spalletti gave the youngster Katamoa, a 19-year-old Ivorian, his debut, and he came on the field and really made a difference. Made some uh, really nice runs, and in fact, after the goal. Um, Abel Tarabat lunged him with two feet and uh, took him down to earn uh, Genoa's second red card for the match. Oh, Where right. was this when Spalletti was in Rome? Right, yeah. we spend well, a, this, this is it. You tell me. Uh, he just doesn't like Rome. He just he never liked Rome. He he doesn't like Rome. Shots that's fired. Nick shooting <laughs> shots fired here. Come on, Nick. He, right. he, did, he, did a, he did a lot of good. He did I, a lot. I, of good. I love the Spalletti tenure. I just, you know, it's the it's when the ex-girlfriend leaves you for the other guy and she changes the one thing you were ragging on like she was perfect in so many ways but you always said, "Can you just can you just stop this one thing?" and then she finally decides to do it when she gets with the next guy. That's so what this I is. I think this is a reason for the whole league to take notice of Inter Milan because even in games like this where it looks like the ball's just not going in, I think Perisic hit the woodwork twice, they managed to win. That's scary. That right. scares me because I, dude, the, this is a talented squad, and when Spalletti gets them humming, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm nervous. Yeah, even when we played them for Roma, and we lost, admittedly, badly, but uh, you know, they looked like they were a little shaky to begin. If they start hitting it on all cylinders, yeah, you know, that's gonna and be. You, bad. you gotta, you gotta expect there's gonna be a learning curve here. Uh, they don't have to worry about Champions League football or anything like that. Whereas, yep. yeah, Napoli, Juventus, and Roma do. Yep. So, yeah, I think we're going to be hearing more from Inter Milan. Let's uh, hear a little bit more from uh, Inter Milan's most notorious agent, Wanda Icardi, and her prime husband, and I don't know. What happened with Wanda? Yeah, so Wanda was in the news, and uh, she wrote a book, and people were asking questions about her. <laughs> Prolific and... writers in the Icardi household. <laughs> yeah. Prolific. All this free time. That's right. Yeah, so uh, anyway, the quote that stuck in the media this week was that Wanda says, as an interista herself, she believes that Icardi could play at Inter Milan forever. Hmm. Better sempre. All the way to, to his dying breath. Well, 
yeah, maybe. But right. uh, at, at the hands of the ultras. Yeah. Well, so long there was, there as was, that was, contract looks good enough to the agents. Yeah. I, I mean, this is the thing. There was so much talk in the off season. I, I mean, we all know how talented Icardi is, and uh, there was lots of talk because uh, the ultras still haven't warmed to him that there was possibility he could be sold off. Um, I know there's certainly other teams that'd be interested in having him. So, yeah, a bit of a just another reason to mention wonder always if yeah. we have an opportunity we will mention the Acardi household for sure <laughs> real quick to the otf genoa side of things uh, uh nick you you uh brought up uh in the past right they, they have a super fan on oh, uh, reddit my man mark no he's uh he's got his own blog okay yeah he's a he's a he's a genoa fan from london uh well he he's a new genoa fan he How? sat down he sat down this off season and he said you know what i'm gonna start following calcio need to pick a team he didn't want to be a front runner didn't want to be a bandwagon guy uh so he went out there and said genoa this seems like the team for me and uh you know a couple games in the season he's already regretting it guys the blog's getting sadder and sadder every week uh i he literally was moved to tears this week by this game he really he really felt like they were uh unfairly the result was unfair to the way they played uh, and it just feels like nothing can go right uh, coach is on the hot seat, and he likes the coach. It's this is this is my spirit animal uh, for all of the teams that I support that uh, that are crap. Uh, I understand this feeling, but you kind of wonder, you know, maybe you could have foreseen this, you know, maybe maybe <laughs> yeah. pick a mid-table team. Uh, Genoa wasn't really hot shit last year, so uh, but he he's a true true uh, f- you know pioneer here. If you got to pick a team, pick one that beat Juventus. Genoa was one of them last year. But, yeah, uh, before they sold everyone. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, uh, Mark, the super fan, at least you can watch Pallegri, the 16-year-old yes. striker. Mm-hmm. He had a uh, diving header chance that went wide early on. But uh, the fact, I think it was his second start in Syria. Um, I hope they can hold on to this kid in all seriousness. Like It would be a real shame watching him leave. Um, I think his uh, father is... Uh, on the bench as yeah, an assistant coach. Yeah, he was crying yeah. last week when he uh, scored a... Uh, yeah. It was a brace or a goal? I can't remember, but he uh, scored. No, he scored two, a brace, yeah. yeah. So the only good news coming out of the other team from Genoa right now is, uh, yeah, Pellegri. Keep All an right. eye on him. Well, if Pellegri's going to go anywhere, he's probably going to go to either Milan or Juve, so let's jump there. <laughs> We've got Milan and Sampdoria. This one was the stunner of week six. We got 2 nothing. Sampdoria. Sampdoria delivering a gut punch to Milan and put Montella in the Milanisti faithful's crosshairs. Stories with this one, guys. Milan did not even show up to this game. This unfortunate paper, paper tiger theme that we've built up for them, it just continues to be accurate here because they did not, sh- should not have had a problem with this game, and they did. Chris, what do you call a paper tiger with no tiger? Isn't it? Just paper. Now? I would say that is a fair description. So we're doing with uh, uh, what's the paper stuff that uh, origami. Origami. origami yeah. Yeah. That's what we're working just, with. They here. just unfolded that tiger origami. Now it's just a list of players and transfer fees on a flat piece of paper out there every week. Look, I think you guys are judging very early. It's only week six. Give Montella some time. All right. The, the players they brought in, they're good players, but. No one expected them to be, you know, equal with Juventus this year. There's going to be growing pains. 
Um, I fully understand the over-the-top reaction, and I get as much pleasure from watching that as you guys do. Um, the fact that it's Milan, such a well-supported club, that everyone assumes that they should be in the Champions League every year kind of makes this a little bit giggly. But uh, yeah, they've they've hit a bump. Let's let's see how they react. I think the main problem Montel will be looking at is uh, how weak the defense looks with uh, the three at the back that he changed to suit Bonucci. Yeah, right, with Bonucci there, uh, and uh, he's not seemingly controlling uh, the, the back line very well. In this game, I saw of the ratings, only a six for the entire team of uh, Milan. <laughs> yeah. That's not going to do well. Look, I thought that was fair. I thought they were, they were really bad. I, yeah, yeah. They, in the highlights too, just they look sluggish. Uh, and not a sub made until the 78th minute, which is six minutes after the first Sampdoria goal. Uh, what are you doing uh i don't understand the tactics in this one the positive if you are a milanista out there despite this being the worst loss of the season during this week catrone got a pay raise and suzo extended his contract through 2022 which means milan is still spending money so we're going to pass this on to the Milan Club Philly yeah. guys. Drinks on Milan Club Philly That's on Sunday. Right. We're going to be up there for the Milan-Roma game. Sounds like you guys are buying. If uh, you got any connections to the club, send that money our way. So, yeah, uh, the other big story has got to be Montella just in the crosshairs. Everyone seems to want him gone. They believe in this team. They're selling tickets left and right, but they don't like the man at the helm. You can kind of hear all the Milanisti screaming like Larry David and Curb Your Enthusiasm. I'm yelling for society. For everyone. It's not just me. Everyone seems to be upset with him. To the point where even Marco Fassone, the club chief executive, is saying Milan was stronger than Sampdoria. We don't want to see any more games like this. We're all responsible. Now get off my lawn. I'm, I'm with Sam on this, guys. Uh, it's, it's such a calcio type thing to to put the manager on the hot seat with a new team after just a couple games like this it, they should take a much longer look they got to let this team gel there's a lot of talent here but i'm also in that point where after spending the summer listening to all the milanista talk about how the scudetto was already theirs and champions league was a guarantee it's just nice to see a little egg on their face when they're freaking out about this but but you've got a good team you've got a good coach just let it gel a little bit guys you're gonna be there all right but Nico, do you know who Milan have to play next? Roma will be there Roma, with him. That's, that's right. right. So yeah. not yet this week. You could wait one more week. Guys. <laughs> that's right. That's, so, yeah. yeah, things aren't going to get Montella easier for Montella. for one more week. Right. <laughs> Turning quickly, guys, to Sabdoria, we got to go to our favorite character, President Ferrero, in this oh, yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> He's admittedly a Romanista, which we are thrilled about. But he openly said in the press, basically, I'm hoping to buy Roma someday, which I led me do to it. question... Do it, would Massimo. This, <laughs> do it, buy Roma. Well, would this ever happen in American sports or Australian sports, I guess, where something like a, a second-tier team, uh, at least in, in market, goes with like the Colts owner of Jim Ursay saying, I'm secretly a Giants fan, so if I ever have the opportunity, I'm going to buy out the Maras and the Tishes and, and live out my true fantasy of being the New York Giants owner. Would that the ever happen Persona in America? Persona couldn't show his face in the stadium. I would agree that uh, the, the Colts fans would not be a fan of that. Well, to be fair, Massimo Ferrero has a reputation for insanity and a reputation he has received through saying insane things. And I uh, I think he's wonderful. I think, yeah, it, it adds the color. I mean, 
was it last year? I think uh, Sampdoria beat Roma at the Stadio Olimpico and he was there waving his scarf around like a... Like, the man looks like a Muppet. Yeah, you know, a character does. from the yeah. Muppets. I, the more... <clears throat> excuse me. The more he's in the press and the less we hear from, like, the stale corporate commentary, I'm all for it. All right. All right. Well, we'll see. Maybe he'll be uh, owning multiple teams in the Serie A in the future. Rolling along, we've got Fiorentina and Atalanta with a 1-1 draw. Sportiello almost had a perfect game as Ladea managed a point in the dying moments of the game. Mm-hmm. Nick, what do you got? Well, it starts with Federico Chiesa scores a screamer. Just a beautiful goal from outside the box there. Uh, Fiorentina's rocking their sexy purple jerseys too, uh, and it just brings it all together to put them ahead. Love the purple. Uh, so it's the best of, the, of all the colors. It still is. Of the six or seven, uh, yeah, that they have I don't this even season. know yeah. all the colors, <laughs> but uh, Atalanta keeps pressing until the end. Uh, Sportiello does everything he can, including blocking a really well taken Papu Gomez free kick. He didn't hit it softly; he hit it with confidence. But Sportiello gets there and makes the save. Uh, but in the end, Freudler ties the game up in the 95th and uh, and brings the point back home. Uh, that Freudler goal, goal, though, too. We talked about the case. Uh, underappreciated the Freudler goal. He takes it on the half volley. And he puts it in the ground, but with enough spin that the thing curves back inside the post. It was going out of the post. He hits that bounce and curves right in. Just a beautiful piece of striking on that one. Uh, in this case, uh, you know, what are you going to say about Atalanta? They, uh, they're they struggling a little bit, but mostly because they've had such a hard schedule here. Yeah. Uh, you know, are you are you worried or not worried about no, them, Sam? No, they, they've, uh, they've really impressed me this season. I thought they'd do a Sassuolo and fall back into a heap. Um Seeing him destroy Everton yeah, that was such a, a smile on my face. Yeah. That, that was fantastic advertisement for Italian football. And the fact that they've lost, I think, three or four of their best players, and yet they're still putting in aggressive performances, it's fantastic. I thought they were a little lucky. Uh, Fiorentina were clearly the better team in uh, this match. Um, yeah, but uh, Sportiello, what a game he had. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he was oh. unlucky to cop that rocket in the 95th. Yeah. <laughs> On uh, Fiorentina's side, I encourage everybody, ESPN FC, uh, wrote an article on uh, on him. His dad played Fiorentina. Uh, just interesting to hear uh, you know, why he means so much. He's young and uh, an up-and-coming star for Fiorentina, so maybe something to build on uh, as they are seemingly rebuilding this year. Uh, not looking great for Fiorentina overall, but a uh, good article on him. And uh, Atalanta continuing to roll and, and hopefully... Uh, you know, big and better things to as their schedule gets a little bit easier. Well, here. not yet. It's not getting easy yet. They've got Lyon and then Juve, so it's oh. going to look bad. It's going to look worse before it gets better. But uh, mm. I, I'm medium nervous on them. Uh, I think that I would have loved to see them take a couple more points out of the schedule so far. But you know, they've got a, a nice soft November, relatively speaking, October, November. Uh, so once they get through this last crux of it, I think they can then pull themselves back in. Well, you can rest assured against those two teams, all of Italy will be supporting them. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That wraps up the first five. We'll take a quick break and finish off the rest of week six. This week's episode of Curve America is brought to you by Sumner Furniture. Sumner Furniture are office furniture experts based in the Washington, D.C. metro area. They provide high-quality new and used office furniture for all-size jobs, ranging from just one chair to million-square-foot offices. Sumner provides space designs, commercial moves, delivery and installation for projects nationwide. Check out their website, SumnerFurniture.com, or their eBay store. Contact them and mention Curve America for an additional 10% off any new or used office chair. 
All right, the sixth game of week six, we've got OTFR playing Hellas Verona. Sam, you got this one. It finished 0-3. What do you got for us? Yeah, look, uh, OTFR are now putting themselves forward as legitimate contenders for the Champions League. In the midst of an absolute injury crisis in their defense, they proved that the best form of defense was actually attack and put (laughs) Verona to the sword. I hope Juliet averted her eyes from her balcony as Chiro Mubile went on an absolute rampage. He slotted a 24th-minute penalty to put the visitors one up. And then, arguably, in my opinion, the best striker in Italy right now, he scored an absolute peach of a second, slaloned through the entire Verona defence and smashed home an absolute beauty. OTFR, 2-0 two, two up, going in into halftime, and effectively that took the steam out of the game. Uh, they got another one in the third... I mean, really impressive performance. The only question mark is the quality of the opposition. Yep. All right, well, that dovetails nicely into the conversation that has been happening all throughout Serie A, whether we need to reduce the number of teams from 20 to 18 or maybe even less. What do you guys think of that? I like it because right now uh, the bottom of the league is trash. They're just trash. The games from these teams down here, Benevento, Hellas, they're not competitive. They're just not that fun to watch, uh, unless you like watching your, you know, strikers pile some goals to their 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 record for the year, which isn't bad. But on the whole, I think that it's bringing down the quality of the league, and it's uh it's making it so. I mean, look, what we're talking about this week. We've only got about five games that were really between competitive teams. The other half is Minnow's getting beat up here, and yeah, you know, I, I really don't mind it. I kind of like it. Apparently, it's working well in France so far. I'm not. I'm open to it. Look, yeah. Verona had the best chance they're ever going to have of uh, scoring three points here. They're playing OTFR after, I think they lost uh, seven of their regular starters. I know three of their centre-backs went off with injury uh, in OTFR's game with Napoli the week before. And I was just thinking, geez, who's playing them next? Well, it turns out it's Verona. And do you think (laughs) Verona can take advantage of that? I mean, they didn't even look like scoring a goal. It's to lose 3-0 at home, I mean, what, what hope do the fans have? Like, what's the point of coming up and then not fighting for these spots? Like, it, back, you know, before the league got expanded to 20 teams, it, it was impossible to go the season like Juventus do and only drop one or two games. It was simply impossible. But you can't honestly say, hand on heart, that these bottom teams have the capability to put up put in performances week in, week out that are actually going to challenge the top half of the table. Yeah, I think it's very appropriate we're bringing this up for the Hellas Verona game because I've been excited about a new derby in Serie A with, with Hellas and uh, Kievo, but after seeing what Hellas is putting out on the field, guys, it's just not fun to watch. It's really not. Well, and it's it's not just about the bottom of the t- league either. It's about the mid-table. Yeah. You, you move that line up, and you make teams that are previously able to just kind of comfortably sit. Exactly. We're about to talk yeah. about Udinese. Just comfortably sit up there and kind of get by and the other take, team cash from their Genoa. checks. The other team from Genoa. Yep. Right? They just generally, unless they have a crazy, horrible season of all things blowing apart, they're going to cash their checks and do fine every year. It's going to force them to start paying attention. Or and start they're going to sell moves. their best players in January, as we saw last year. Right. No, I agree. Uh, you got to put a good product out on the field. So maybe it's it's right that we reduce the numbers here. Uh, anything else for OTFR, guys? Uh, Immobile scoring again in this one, truly the face of uh, the team, but not really uh, in depth here. They only use seven regular starters. Is that right? 
Yeah, so they're in the middle of a massive injury crisis. Um, I mean, you can keep relying on Immobile right now, but sooner or later that's going to catch up with them. Um, Inzaghi's a hell of a coach. Uh, I, for one, wish they'd bring back Pioli so I could laugh at them again. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the question is now, like, how does he string together a starting 11 every week that's going to be competitive? So what do you think, Sam? Where do you think they finish right now? Oh, uh, the way they're playing, are definitely top four. But uh, yeah, they're going to come to earth with a thud when they play against the proper side with that uh, defensive four they put out. Yeah. Turning over to uh, Hellas, guys. Not much to talk about there, but you got to mention the ESPN FC story on the saga <laughs> that was Antonio Cassano signing for the team, thinking about leaving the team, actually leaving the team, then really leaving the team. Uh, we went through that in August, and uh, the article basically revisits it and says he didn't want a season full of sufferance at Hellas Verona. So want everyone to check that out purely for the entertain value, entertainment value of uh, Antonio Cassano. Antonio Cassano, footballing savant. I wonder if he has a fantacultural team. Seriously, yeah. He's right? definitely winning. Filled with Cassanos, Look, no he, doubt. He read the position. tea leaves, man. He yeah. read the tea leaves. Yeah. He showed up at camp, looked around, and just walked out. You know, that is a fair assessment, right? I mean, he would have helped them, but but uh, maybe he did just see, like, this is going to be bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, you want Antonio Cassano tracking back to yeah. stop Immobile? Come yeah, on, right. give me a break. Right. All right. Well, let's turn to our favorite game of the week. We got Roma and Udinese. This one finished 3-1. Roma wins this one. And uh, I think the biggest story out of this one, guys, EDF comparing Roma as a club, uh, who, like, the main striker is. The comparison is always Dybala because he seems to be on fire right now. EDF's answer is that Roma plays by committee, so we don't have one specific striker for our, for our team. What do you think about that? I think that's the kind of thing that people often say when they uh, when they don't have a good answer. Everyone would love to have a Dybala on their team. You want that guy. But I kind of like it, to be honest. I really love the versatility of this team. I like that there's a lot of different combinations that can go out there that all have different threats in them. Uh, you know, I think we do have that kind of guy in Dzeko. Uh, not as, as com- fully complimented uh, as, as Dybala, but that's kind of a, a tiny difference when we're talking about this level of product. So uh, normally I would be a little suspicious of this, but uh, I think it's pretty accurate. Look, I'm happy to blow EDF's trumpets. Uh, the last, last uh, three weeks have been fantastic results. However, the only thing I'll say is uh, this formation, yeah, it looks really good against the bottom sides, mm. but, oh, jeez. I don't know if how it's going to go uh, if you can't pack the midfield against some of the top-of-the-table teams. Um, I'm terrified of Napoli. Yeah. Uh, OTFR, yeah. Uh, as long as they man-mark Chiro Mobile, I mean, you know, it, they could get a good result there. But can you imagine Dybala running through this team right now? The back four, to me, still looks suspect. Um yeah, they're not the finished article. I'll, I'll be interested to see what he does tomorrow night in the Champions League, which I guess all those listening at home have already seen. So yeah, we'll, we'll release in the morning. They got a mm. chance for the, for the real <laughs> dedicated fans. They'll be, uh, they'll be listening to that. But yeah, um, super happy for El Sharawi getting a brace since he had that magical like first season with Roma at the second half, uh, just scoring goals left and right. I'm just waiting for him to get his confidence back. Yeah. And so hopefully this kind of sticks and it continues to grow. Because yeah, as long as he can stay injury-free, mm-hmm. I think we're going to see the best of him. 
Yep, and uh, Perotti, he did miss a PK in this game, but I yeah. thought he had a pretty strong game. He did. He also copped a massive gash in the leg. Yeah. So, I saw that. Yeah. I, I don't think we should share that on, yeah. on Facebook. It's it's really disturbing. Oh, yeah. No, no it was definitely I thought gross. it was a surgery photo. I literally thought that was post <laughs> them going in with a scalpel. Yep. No, I, I agree. I, I'm not good with that stuff, and uh, that was bad. So... We also got... Uh, we're just moving on from that. I can't talk about that anymore. <laughs> uh, Checo. Uh, got to have a conversation about Checo because I'm getting a lot of flack from some people. I've been waiting for this, Chris. I know you have. I know you have. It's that Cowboys-Giants thing all over again. Been waiting for a year. Yeah. So uh, I am uh, hesitant with Checo. I continue to say I'm extremely grateful for our Capo Canonieri. I just but... think he... But I think he has a case of the yips at Here times. Here comes the but. Uh, here's the thing, Chris. These questions are knowable, that we can answer this specific question you have. Let's start just with the top line here. This is the the ratings on the season so far. There are known knowns. There are known knowns. There are unknown (laughs) knowns. The ratings on the season so far, all players, all leagues. Number one, Neymar. Number two, Messi. Number three, Dybala. Number four is Edin Dzeko. First of all, where'd you get these stats from? Sam, you're not going to like it. I got them from whoscored.com. We we don't have to go into that. Sam's got a little personal beef, but we're just relative comparisons here. We're all in the same sandbox. Start there. This is the number four player in the world, according to this early stats look. But you say, okay. That's that's, for 2017. That's 2017. That's a small sample size. Let's go back. Still, that's... That's kind of amazing. Right? First time the word, the phrase sample size has been used on the podcast. <laughs> this podcast is getting smarter by the day. That's right. <laughs> Take that, Tad. But let, let's answer your specific question, Chris. I hear you, what you're saying. Okay, he scores goals, but what about all those missed opportunities? He must be wasting all the opportunities that he could be. Well, we can measure this as well. Uh, accuracy is something that's very easy to determine. We just take the number of shots he had on target and see the number of them uh, that went in goal. So there's two ways to see this. First off, let's Chris, look at let's his burn him. shots let's on burn target. Him with fire. Shots on target last season, a whole season, big sample size here. 46% of his shots were on target. That was the second highest among the top seven here. Iguain was 48%. Mertens was 45%. Gomez was 44%. These is the elite of the league. He is right there at the top. Second quality here, how many of them turn into goals? 16% turn into goals. Again, we're talking about the top of the league. Only better, Belotti at 20%, Mertens at 19%. But Gomez is at 14%, Insigne is at 12%. God, this sounds like a tax list. He's right in there. The point here is your argument does not hold water. It's time for you to retire this Jekko waffling every week and just accept that your team has one of the best players in the league. I know it doesn't feel good to just be good for once. You feel better? I feel better. I've been All waiting. Right. You Thank enjoy you. that? Thank you for letting me get that out. All right. I'm glad. I still concede, man. I'm grateful. I'm very happy to have him on the team. But there's going to be moments throughout this season where he's, there will be an open goal, and it's going to end up in the second tier of the stadium. Let's see how he goes against Milan. Yep. It's nope. an exciting matchup. Right. Bonucci versus Dzeko. Yep. I'm uh, definitely looking forward to that. I will say, as a full-blooded Romanista, I am cheering for him. I'm just preparing myself to have my head in my hands at some point in the game. God bless you, Checo. On the other side of things with Udinese, guys, uh, definitely middle-of-the-pack team, seemingly aiming for mediocrity here. Nick, you have a theory on this. Udinese is a comparable team. Who are they? 
the Oakland Athletics of the Major League Baseball here. Uh, here's the comparison. No, o- no more statistics. Uh, no statistics. <laughs> small market I heard, team. I heard the word baseball. Small market team. They start out. They say the owners say you're just not spending. This is the budget you have. Do what you can. Cash the checks. Right. Sell the players. You can't keep them. We don't care. The manager's frustrated. The fans are frustrated. The owners don't care. That's that's what it is. Life in Oakland with the A's. So these fans, they know they just can't ever expect to do more than maybe make the playoffs and bow out in the first round. You know, this is where the origin of Moneyball came from because they couldn't compete with the big boys. So they had to try to find these other strategies. Udinese is not even trying that. Udinese is just happy to, to like I said, cash the checks and go home. They're money laundering as far as I'm concerned. The uh, <laughs> drop in quality has been noticeable the last few seasons. And uh, yeah. Seeing where they're sitting on the table at the moment, uh, yeah. And, and this is what Nick was bringing up before. They don't actually have to be worried, though, of falling below the bottom three teams. They'll finish in 17th. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and that's a success because right. they, they're back earning the Serie A dollars. But wouldn't you say that all of the European leagues have teams like that, that they know there won't be top four finishes, so they're comfortable in the middle? Sure, but the gap is too big at the moment. And that's a thing from having 20 teams. Yeah, I think, yeah, take that three away, and all of a sudden, oh, damn. Yeah, every match is in play. I think like everything, it comes down to money, right? And so like EPL, they can have twenty teams because they've got money. They've got money. And, sure, and but Roma, they also have packed like, stadiums. Exactly. Yeah, they have a they have a market where they can they can bring in money for their club. Whereas Syria, I love seeing Crotone next to a hospital, but like <laughs> that's their stadium. You know, it's yeah. basically a, a a football stadium that that yeah. Nick played in from Texas. You know, it's just not much bigger than that. So. Uh, maybe you guys are right. I, I think the, the theory yeah. continues to I'll go. I'd be interested to see what uh, social media has to say on this because it's one of those things that everyone's got an opinion on. Yep. So that's out there. If, uh, please please write in with that stuff. Uh, I think that's it for Udinese. Not much else to talk about. So let's head to Richard Whittle's The Danger Zone. Yep, the guys that do the sound things aren't yeah, here. Yeah, Marco. Marco yeah. does We're not going to try it. All right. Miss you, Marco. Yeah. <laughs> All right, in the first game of the Danger Zone, we've got Sassuolo and Bologna. This one finished 0-1. Sassuolo gets served up a cold plate of Bolognese and get beat in the 89th minute. Nick, what do you got? Yeah, this was a, kind of a grinded-out battle for about 89 minutes, uh, but uh, the real story of this match was that, that game winner by the 19-year-old Nigerian Orgia Okwonko, uh, just a great name in general. Well uh, pronounced too. Uh, well, well done. I mean, you know, give it a shot. I'm not sure if it's right, but I'll try. They got it. Nigerians okay. in Texas. Come on. Yeah, we got everyone in Texas. But uh, you know, he comes in, and you know, it's not a not the prettiest goal. He cleans up a, a Palacios classic uh, Jedi rat tail, if you remember uh, his shot. Uh, but he he gets that goal, gets his first one, uh, and uh, and goes to the fans, rips his shirt off. Uh, Destro was definitely jealous. Uh, he wanted that opportunity, you know, <laughs> yeah. sitting over there smirking about he it. He does like to rip the shirt off. But, uh, you know, uh, I think that there's not a lot to say about this game in the end. Uh, some some late game heroics. But uh, the real story for me is Sassuolo. Where are you at? You know, this was the, the story of the league two seasons ago. You know, last year we, we gave them the excuse that, oh, they haven't played in Europe at the same time. Yeah. You know, this is the, the, the difficulty. Well, no Europe to worry about this year. And, uh, and yet nothing on the nothing on the table here. Half their team is on Roma. But uh, <laughs> that uh, that is true. But not but not Domenico Berardi. That's Inter- true. Interesting point. Yep. And uh, he, at his best, is one of the better players in Serie A and uh, an, Ita- an Italian national team player, of course. 
Yeah, I'd really like him to uh, grab the team by the scruff of the neck and um, start showing some, I don't know, At not some necessarily point locker room on. leadership, but on the field, yeah, dominance that he's capable of. Yeah, so. but how long do you wait, you know? Like, eventually, Cassano's going to be a better uh, option for you. Yeah, I I just think he, I, he's the kind of player that's going to come good, uh, and hopefully they can build the team around him. You know. know, my solution for Sassuolo... I think they should uh, they should loan uh, Defrel from Roma. It seems like uh, that would just solve everyone's problems, right? I uh, yeah yeah. Um, no comment. No, Full no Romanistas comment. on yeah. the podcast. Y- yeah, you you can visit Chiesa de Totti if you like. All right. Up next in the danger zone is Cagliari and Chievo. This one finished 0-2. The Flying Donkeys got back to their winning ways with a 2-0 win away to Cagliari. Yes, Bobby English's terrific glancing header put Chievo in front early in the second half. And then as soon as Fabio Pisacane got sent off for the Sardinians following his second yellow, the match was only going to have one ending. Stepinski scored a sealer deep into stoppage time to finally send some Serie A points back to the town of Verona. Desperate form. Yeah. What do you guys think, Bobby English? Hot stuff? Oh, yeah. It's solely for the na- the fact that we can continue <laughs> saying Roberto Inglese. Man, he's scoring goals. Yeah. And he's, sco- he's scoring and good goals. And bringing down the average A of Chievo, Chievo down to like yeah. 80. Yeah. So, the question isn't really a Chievo question, but... Uh, are Napoli going to bring him back now the injury to Milik has happened? You know, that, and uh, I, I don't like the speculation stuff, uh, as all of our listeners know, but I saw Merton's a lot of EPL teams talking about bringing him uh, up up to England. So if that happens, boy, that would be soul-crushing for Napoli, but you're going to need more strikers, period. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't even know how this works uh, in terms of who gets to decide. Do, does uh, uh, they can recall him? They can recall him, yeah. and they just have to send yeah, him. Yeah, he's their player. Mm. Yeah, I, I think they see where they're at in the table. I think if they if which they, team Kiel? Napoli, Napoli, Napoli. If they're going to recall him, I think they're looking yeah. at the transfer window. Uh, well, right. they're, they're playing in Europe as well. See, at the the thing for me is at the moment he's getting ninety minutes. He's the dominant player, Kievo. That's that's fantastic experience for a young player coming mm-hmm. up against the best Serie A defenses. He's the guy the defenders are going to. Whereas if he goes back to Napoli, he's another dude on the pine. That's true. And how do you take Mertens off the field right now? Like, right. The That's man true. is a stud. Yeah. He has scored some incredible goals for sure. I don't know. Yeah. If, if Kiever lose him, uh, that that's uh Jesus, that's going to be tough for them. Uh, I don't know. More more reason to maybe shrink the league. <laughs> we can have we can have a five team league. Exactly, exactly. It's gonna be the college football system, the Super League. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Other than that, we've got the highlight for me and all the ben, Benevento fans out there. Our last game of Week Six is really terrible. <laughs> Benevento and Crotone in the toilet bowl. Two nothing. Crotone earns a massive victory, turning their course away from Syria B back towards Syria. All at the hands of poor, poor Benevento. Game summary. Got to talk about this, guys. Love the fact that Serie A is providing English highlights now. So got to listen to everything with a British accent, which is dangerously close to Sam's level of, of uh Is that of the accents. best thing you can say about this game, Chris? Yep, pretty much. That's that's the lead takeaway on this one. First goal right before the half. Goal of the week candidate from Madragora. 
uh, for uh, Crotone. Really beautiful goal. And then you follow it by Marcus Roden in the 58th minute from a beautiful backheel from Trota. And Benevento put a bow on this one when Viola misses a PK Damn. for the newly promoted club. You're desperate. Desperate for any kind of goals, not even points, just goals, and you miss a PK. It, it doesn't get sadder. You than guys that. are looking at this the wrong way. Forza Croutons. <laughs> I'm happy for you, Chris. Yes. And I'm happy for your uh, Calabrian people. Hey, uh, that guy in the uh, Ndrangheta that Agnelli was selling tickets to, do you reckon he's a Crouton fan as well? <laughs> Probably not. No. His B team? Stick with the winner, yeah. <laughs> but the Pythagorean theorem, guys, we all know that Crotone, their nickname for their fans are Pythagorici because Pythagoras set up a school down in Crotone. That's pretty much their only claim to fame. The Pythagorean theorem in the news again. Sports media in the New York area, Don LaGreca goes on a rant saying how bad the New York football Giants offense is and that all of these so-called fans with their Pythagorean theorems don't know what they're talking about football. What I have to say to that is it works in Syria because Crotone (laughs) is applying the Pythagorean theorem. Forza Pythagorici. Don LaGreca, surely a podcast paisano. <laughs> <laughs> Only sad news for Crotone in this one. Tuminello loaned out from Roma. ACL tear. And Tragic. apparently is in the same hospital in the same ward, which we simply have to call uh, the ACL wing of the hospital as, as Milik here, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, Roma's actually not that sad about this. Uh, they finally get to use their uh, buy 10 ACLs, get one free card. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, they get this one on the house. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Just, just tragic. In the offseason, um, Tumanello came over to the States, and uh, yeah, he, he looked the goods. Uh, exciting young prospect getting, like I said before, similar to Bobby English, 90 minutes game time with Crotone against some really good Serie A defenses. And yeah. Another ACL tear. What is going on? It would be curious uh, if we can look up the stats of how many ACL tears in the Serie A compared to the other leagues. Nick, I'm, uh, I'm going to assign that one to All you. Right. All, All right. right. I'll get on that. Stats don't lie. Give us a small sample size. <laughs> uh, for Benevento on the other side of thing, guys, just gets from worse to even worser. Yeah. Benevento is the homeland of Padre Pio, which is a saint for all the Catholics out there. Will the Saints be enough this season? Apparently not, because the fans hung a banner on this one saying, Padre Pio, save us, only to be answered with Captain Lucioni. He was on steroids during the Torino game, so now he's banned for uh, presumably for the year. Which I just just don't even... (laughs) like. You're juicing on Benevento? You're a 30-year-old juicing at Benevento. Like You're not a prospect who's hoping to get sold somewhere. Like, you're not going anywhere this year. It's contract year, man. What the, what the, the hell are you doing? Well, he's yeah. the captain. He's trying to inspire them. He's <laughs> probably, right. like, doing some bench press before the game. He's, like, working on his squat. He's like, all right, we're going to do That's three right. more reps, and then yeah. we're going to get out there. And Man, yeah. did you hear his excuse, though? No. He said it was a cream, an ointment. He was using that we, had the steroid. We heard that about 10, 15 years ago with Barry Bonds. Did he have the clear, too? Exactly. Now, yeah, instead of uh, lifting weights, he's lifting his tongue. Just, so, just under the tongue. Similar to uh, the excuse story, i got to tell you about this guy um, in Australia called Shane Warne, who's like the greatest spin bowler ever, which is a form of curve pitching i guess you guys would call it <laughs> i anyway. was with you with bowling then you curve bowling oh, or whatever yeah, you yeah, yeah 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 no this is cricket okay um so he got done for uh diuretics which mask um certain steroids and uh his excuse 
was that his mum gave it to him because he was getting fat <laughs> and just to hide his double chin. So he was getting rid of the liquid in his body with the diuretic to make himself look less fat on the cricket field. So how did the Aussie governing board deal with that one? Uh, yeah, he was, uh, he was banned for a bit. Yes. But right. he came back and uh, he uh, married Liz Hurley. Um, That's oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But was this, it because he lost the double chin? Well, <laughs> Because of the weight. <laughs> well, they'd broken up, so maybe he got yeah, the he chin did, back. Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah no, nah, he's... Uh, I don't know how to compare him to... He's a uh, larrigan type, is all I'll say. You can Google that word, Americans. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Well, we end with the crap toilet bowl game, guys, but congrats. You finished the podcast. We're really grateful for you filling in. Week six is in the books. We've got week seven coming up. We're looking forward to, it goes without saying, right? We'll be up in Philly looking forward mm-hmm. to meet all the Milanisti and the Romanisti up there for that game. Juventini. Juventini as well. Uh, any, any Serie A clubs, please come out to Grand Cafe L'Aquila. We'd love to hang out and meet you. And until Sunday, guys, we say... Ciao. Arrivederci. Ciao. Ciao, ciao, ciao.